Good morning and welcome everybody. You listen to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across this great continent that we call home. This is the breakfast show, Positively Different Radio in the morning and you are with the Double L team filling in for the M Factor while Mon is away, Lyle and Lawson is laughing his head off. What is so hilarious this morning? Oh, you Lyle, you are the funniest I person the ever. I person ever. I am like the most serious person on the planet. What are you talking about? Square as a box. That is... Is me. Anyway, we have a great program coming up. Yes, we'll tell we you do. all about it. But before we do, we have some more things to talk about. What are you thankful for this morning, oh, Lawson? Look, I'm I'm just thankful for family. Um on the weekend after after church, well I was playing guitar at church and you know, we Blake preached the sermon and then afterwards I was playing guitar, like, you know, for our closing song for the service. And as soon as we finished, I pulled the cord out of my guitar, walked off the stage, walked out the door, went into my car, got in the car and drove down to Nara. Um, cool. Four hour drive down to Nara for my auntie's 60th birthday. And it was just really great hanging out with their, like my auntie, that side of the family, probably the closest to my rallies and being there with all my family as well, like my three sisters and my mum and dad and all those guys. It was just, this is great. This uh, is great fantastic. time. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome time. What are you, what about you, Lyle? What are you grateful for this morning? My chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's, it's the hammer, it's the pliers, it's the diff, it's the spanner, it's actually, the, no, no. It's the chainsaw. No. <laughs> I'm actually thankful for um, um, camping this morning. We've been camping with the, with the Pathfinders, which is kind of like scouts. Oh, um, yeah, over nice. The weekend. And it was really, really awesome. I had so much fun. Mm. Great time, yeah. That's, camping is great. It's should awesome. Should do more often. What? Dude, yeah. Love a good camp. Let's have a look at and some... And I took wi- my chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I got to use it. <laughs> All right. Calm down, Lyle. Look how excited he is about this chainsaw. All right. Let's look at some weather right across you're Australia. Always, you're always thankful for lame stuff. I'm thankful for like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Shout out my family. You're all lame. All right. Lyle, what do we got coming up in our show? We're going to talk about Lent. Are you, are you keeping Lent this year? Oh, probably not. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about Lent and we're going to talk about the United Methodist Church and events taking place there. Uh, very significant, but right now we have Johnny Cash. <laughs> about a man who ruled Babylon and all its land. Around the city he built a wall and declared that Babylon would never fall. He had concubines and wives that he called his Babylon paradise. On his throne he drank and ate, but for Belshazzar it was getting late. For he was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand. Yeah. 
Belshazzar tried but couldn't find A man who could give him peace of mind But Daniel the prophet, the man of God He saw the writing on the wall in blood Belshazzar asked him what it said And Daniel turned to the wall and read My friend, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting Your kingdom is divided, it can't stand You're weighed in the balance and found wanting Your houses are built upon the sand Welcome back, everybody. We are crossing over to Mon right now, who's coming to us this time from Cape Town, South Africa, right down the bottom. Uh, Mon, good to have you on the program again this morning. Oh, I'm so happy to be back on. It's been a long weekend without you guys. <laughs> uh, what are you up to down there in Cape Town? Uh, so in Cape Town, I am kind of, I had to, I had some time to kill between the two mission projects that I'm working on. Um, however, I've been making, keeping myself busy, um, here in Cape Town. Uh, we went to church yesterday, uh, to a local church here, sort of a pan-African church and had a wonderful time. And I get this, Lyle, I actually met a team of Africans, South Africans, who are in the process of starting up an Adventist radio station in Cape Town. How amazing is that? <laughs> yeah, Don't so let them recruit they- you, Mon. Don't let them recruit <laughs> you. <laughs> I might never come back. Um, it was funny because I, of course, you know, I'm always I'm like a wolf when it comes to um, hunting down <laughs> interviews. So I'm at this church and I'm like got my ears on the ground, lining up interviews left and right. And then someone's like, oh, you should interview this guy. He's in Adventures Radio. And I'm like, well, 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 well. And he's like, wait a second, you're in Adventures Radio? Can I pick your brain? <laughs> <laughs> so we have a bit of a mutual interest in each other and we're going to have a meeting on, on Wednesday. So That's um, actually super exciting. I would really enjoy it. It is. It is, yeah. So I can't, I can't wait to do that interview and send it back over to you guys. Um, uh, so we have prayer meeting on Wednesday and I've lined up all my all my interviewees <laughs> for the hours before prayer meeting kicks off. So Wednesday's going to be a long day for me. Um, <laughs> but I want, I did want to tell you a little bit, um, I guess Kenya in retrospect, uh, now that I've got some distance and some um, time between me and it, and I'm just sort of in a reflective moment, you know, often uh, when you look at the broad stroke, experience and you're trying to get together like a form an opinion of it it's often afterwards that you sit there and you think about stuff and I did want to talk about Kenya because so many of our, our listeners and our church members donated and helped out with Kenya Health and it was just an amazing and wonderful experience it was my first medical missionary trip um it was just an eye-opening humbling experience I uh Lyle like now that people have mobile phones and they have access to the internet, even in the most remote villages, you'll see people with phones. And um, it's opening people's eyes to the fact that there's such a discrepancy between how these people in these villages live compared to how the Western world or the first world countries live. They suddenly have this window into our lives and it's no longer these white people these mzungus who turn up every now and then and help out at a bush clinic they can now see how it is we live back home and the saddest thing is and this has only been in recent times they've had the kenya health team they've had 
these young people in particular coming up to them and just saying, why was I born here? Why was I born here? Mm. Which is such a heartbreaking question. And while I've been thinking about it for weeks and I literally, I can't come up with an answer. Like, what do you tell a person who asks you that? The only thing that I can come up with is the most horrible scientific answer being, well, your parents had unprotected coitus. And that's like the most, that's the only answer you can think of, right? Because what else do you say to someone who says, why was I born here? Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing they did to deserve it. There's nothing nope. they've done. Like, it's just sin affecting our world. And like, Jesus come quickly. Like, so many times I have thought on this trip, I wish Jesus would just come now, um, just to end this. Cause it's, it seems like such poverty just seems like such a monumental problem. And then along with poverty is all the fallout, you know, disease and, and, and abuse and just everything that comes along with that card. So yeah, it, it really is horrific. Something that I've, observed and this might be a ruffle a few feathers and I'm sorry if it does but I noticed that there's such a culture of polygamy I don't know if you heard that Barack Obama was just the other day in Kenya same time that I was there mm-hmm. and um and he gave a speech at a like some sort of men's club like one of those men's shed things and uh and he spoke to the the male youth of Kenya and, uh, and his speech was all about how one woman is enough. One woman is enough for him. One woman should be enough for them. Um, cause polygamy creates huge issues in Kenya. And, um, <laughs> and, and this sounds horrible. And this is, this is totally me theorizing because I, I, I love coming up with theories, but having done this conspiracy theory. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I have quite a few. Um, so <laughs> having been on safari and having observed so many different animals that live in a polygamous state. So you always have one male surrounded by a bunch of females. And then how often, like take lions, for example, um, how often it's the ladies, it's the female species that does all the work, all the hunting. So lionesses do all the hunting and the male lions just sleep all day and they get to have, the only work they do is when they war against other males to get the women. And this is repeated, this pattern is repeated in so many different animal species across the board. Um, lots of ladies, ladies do all the work, men sleep all day and just fight each other for the women. And I, I began to notice this is how the, a lot of the African tribes in Kenya are living. This is how they live. They have a bunch of wives. They sit around all day. The women do all the heavy work, all the heavy lifting. lifting. And the only time they really go to war is when they're like beefing over chicks. And I'm like, do you know what? This is this is what happens when you don't have God in your life. This is what can happen over a long period of time when all you're taking your your influence from is the natural environment around you. But we, because we have God, we have such a higher calling on our life to not live a life like, like the lower beasts. And um, so that's my little theory that I think these tribes have, that have, that have developed without a focus on God have taken their cues from the natural environment around them. And that's why they have this problem with polygamy. So there's a little, um, theory for you yeah it's it's an illustration also that you know the human heart is naturally lazy and selfish that's it Uh and uh so given the opportunity 
you know, because Christianity reverses that. Christianity, you know, you've got the, the whole Protestant work ethic, for instance. Uh, Christianity says, yeah. oh, we need to, um, you know, you need to get out there and work hard. You need to provide for your wife. You need to be a protector. You need to uh, be a provider, you know, all, all of this kind of thing. But when you, when you take that out of the equation, you know, as, as in this particular culture, I mean, not all cultures for sure, but um, this particular culture is an illustration of what can go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I was thinking. I might be totally off the page, but it was something that crossed my mind multiple times. And actually, yeah, I give, came, us, uh, give us I a call if you've got some. Yeah, give us a call if you've got some thoughts on this. One eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number. Tell us what you think of Mon's conspiracy theory on this one. I think there might be some merit <laughs> in it. I mean, if if these tribes have been around for so long and they've not had much interaction with other civilizations, the only thing around them to watch is the animal kingdom, right? So why wouldn't they have learned that? I mean, somewhere along the line, like I was trying to think of the origins of polygamy and I'm sure it must have been like, what's that dude? Was it Nimrod or someone, or someone maybe Cain? I don't know. I don't know where, where, where polygamy started. Someone, hang on, you're into history. Do you know where it started? I do, but I've forgotten the guy's name. I think it may have been Lamech, but I'd have to look it up. Yeah, terrible. Anyway, 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 anyway. So that's just some reflections on Kenya. Um, I actually, there's, I have a sense of relief now that I'm gone that I didn't realize that I was going to have. Um, and the sense of relief actually comes from. Um, just being left alone now. Um, and I know this sounds really horrible and I'm really sorry. Um, and I know that I've told a couple of funny stories on air about, um, you know, two men that tried to buy me with cows. And the <laughs> thing that I didn't share with you was that that was, um, almost a daily experience for me and having men throw themselves at me, which sounds like it would be fun, um, actually just became one of the most tiresome things um, on the trip. And it was only after I left and I didn't have this constant um, <laughs> barrage of male attention that I realized how, how exhausted I was by it. And unfortunately it is because they're all just trying to get out of the country. They all see you as a visa. Well, it's either, it, there's it's two things. Like one, having a, a white wife, having a Mzungu wife is like a real like a like top there, there you got not on your, like feather in your hat kind of a thing. You just you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so they either want to um, have a casual relationship with you so they can brag about it, or they want to marry you so they can get your get a, a visa out of the country. And so there's nothing romantic about it, and they'll just throw themselves so like they're all going to give it a go. They see you, and it's like. I have to give this a try now. It's like, it's now or never. I know, I don't know what my chances might be, but let's just give it a crack. And so unfortunately, like all the staff everywhere we went, um, anything that we had contact with, be it hotels, um, or drivers or tour, if there was a male, I guarantee you they gave it a crack with me. Um, which became exhausting at the end. Mm. Um, at the same time, your heart breaks for them. Your heart breaks that. <laughs> One of the only ways they can get out of their country is to marry out. So, yeah. Anyway, I do have some interesting stories coming out of Cape Town for you tomorrow. Um, For example, did you know that this is where the minute silence for um, commemorating World War I started? I didn't know that, Mon, but we are way out of time, but that was some... uh, Oh, sorry. That's all right. Let's do it. All right. We'll be back right after this song. That was Mon from Cape Town, South Africa. Take my life and let it be consecrated. 
Jaden Levick with Take My Life here on Faith FM. And as we get back to the uh, rest of the breakfast show, we're going to get up with a quiz. Mm. And what's our first clue for the quiz there, Lawson? Yes, this is a what city am I quiz. Okay, what city am I? You ready for the first clue? Mm. You ready, Lyle? Ready to go? Yep, let's go. Let's do it. At a synagogue in this city, Jesus read, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has appointed me to preach good news to the... Poor. Ooh, uh, 
And well, I was got it right. So, no right. double prizes up for grabs give you today. The, uh, I could even give you the uh, book, chapter, and verse for that one. Okay. Well, he could, but maybe you can't, so you maybe need to listen to more clues. Maybe you can, so give yeah, us a call. If you know the answer, give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. Yeah. Extra guess. prize if you can quote the entire verse off by heart. You have to How can be we honest. prove that? We can't. You have, that's why I said you have to be honest. You can't be dishonest on a Christian show. Yeah. That's, you you just, did, what, what would you that be can't. all about? You wouldn't. <laughs> you, have to tell, you have to tell us what translation you're using first. And it can't be the uh, Lawson Walters translation. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, the LSV. No. Can't be the LSV or the, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, no, what's, going on? All right. What's, what's going on around? What's, what's happening? What's happening in our world? Let's give some Okay, ideas. Lawson, um, I asked a question a little while back. Are you keeping Lent this year? I'm... Probably won't be. Do you know when Lent is? No. <laughs> Do you know what Lent is? Yeah. What is Lent? People abstain for th- from things for like 40 days. Do you know the history of Lent? Isn't it like not good? <laughs> like, see, I, know, I know very little about Lent. <laughs> look at everyone's laughing at me. Like, wow, look at this guy. Uh, it's so awesome. Okay, so Lent starts in two days' time. Okay, yep. Uh, for Roman Catholics, mm-hmm. um, and on the 11th of March for um, Orthodox Christians. Mm-hmm. How many Americans do you think will keep Lent? Some. <laughs> yeah, you reckon? <laughs> maybe, you maybe a lot. <laughs> okay, so it's actually a lot. One in four Americans keep Lent. Oh, wow, okay. Which is really, really bizarre. I was really shocked at this particular stat because this is a Catholic institution. Mm. has nothing to do with Protestantism and so forth. In fact, Protestants are like, you know, this is just, this is just pagan. Why would we do yeah. that? But Lent is huge. And guess which generation... Um, uh, makes it finds Lent to be the, the the which generation keeps Lent the most? I'll get there eventually. Um, the Boomers. It is not the Boomers. It is the Millennials. Oh, here we Lent go. Lent is it's most a, popular <laughs> amongst. You're not Millennial. We I know, but I knew it was coming. I knew the Millennials. It's the Millennials. <laughs> Lent has become incredibly popular, and this is really interesting because when back in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, Christianity took a, a a big lurch. You know, the eighties and the nineties, probably probably even going back further than that, the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, it was sort of reaching its peak in the nineties. Had taken this big lurch away from liturgical um, aspects of Christianity. Mm. And I remember the president of the college where I was studying at the time having a conversation with him one time, and and him saying that you know we were go- about to see a lurch back the opposite direction. Mm. A lurch back towards liturgy and so forth. And that's exactly what we're seeing right here. Yeah. Lent is just going off its nut as far as popularity goes, and it's the millennials who are driving it. And so basically what Lent is, it's uh, th- uh, 40 days of um, fasting in the lead up to Easter. Mm. Now, what a lot of people are doing, and a lot of non-church people, a lot of uh, non-affiliated people, and a lot of non-religious people are keeping Lent. Mm. In fact, it is very, very rapidly coming up behind uh, both Easter and Christmas as being an incredibly popular secular event. 
Mm. So Christmas, of course, is uh, a secular event these days, even though it does celebrate the birth of Christ. But we recognise that, you know, regardless of whether, you know, for instance, your family that you were uh, spending time with who you consider themselves to be secular probably have Christmas, right? Yeah, fully. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, a lot of people have Easter as well, although here in Australia that probably means uh, an opportunity to go camping for the long weekend or whatever it might be. Mm. But um, Eat some chockies. Yeah, eat some chocolates. <laughs> But Lent is becoming very partic- very popular as a kind of theistic detox. Mm. And so rather than being just fasting, uh, people are fasting from spe- specific things like smoking, alcohol, sugar, meat, sex, screens, etc. So maybe maybe you should try that, a month without screens. How, how, would, you, how would you go? How would you I'd like survive? A month without screens. So do you a mean like screens. just not... Using anything electronic, like no screens, no screens, no screens. I would probably you have to get a dumb phone so you can still make phone calls. Oh, okay, yeah. I was we gonna say, I'll probably get fired from my job. Yeah, you, you get a dumb <laughs> phone so you can still make phone calls, but you have no screens. What, what about like my emails for 40 days of no screens? What about like Lyle? I was actually having a conversation with someone about this the other day. Just, like, just, 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 just the world just people. revolves around screens, okay? Uh-huh. I can't get away from the screens. Okay. The screens have taken over. <laughs> See? He can't do it. I can't. Um, and some people, of course, of course, are combining it with the Dry January movement. Yeah, yeah. So if you do Dry January, followed by um, alcohol fast in um, for Lent, mm-hmm. hey, do it. And when you get to the end of Lent, just keep going. Yep. And then go to Christmas. Yep. And then from that Christmas, go back Christmas. to, 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 to July. And then back to Lent. And then you're just doing dry, dry, you know, dry 2019 and then dry 2020 and then into the future. <laughs> yes, there's an interesting movement that is taking place and a lot of people seeing it as an opportunity to, um, you know, to detox from, you know, various uh, practices mm. that are not good for their health. And from that perspective, I have no objection to that. But uh, from a religious perspective, I think we do need to recognise the history of Lent, uh, Christmas and Easter, because they do not have the the origins that you think they might. Mm. Some people think that... uh, you know that that Lent is a celebration of the forty days of fasting that Jesus did in the wilderness. That is not the case. Mm. There is a reason why it leads up to Easter, and there is a reason why Easter changes every year because it follows the cycle of the moon. Mm. Um, and this is because the origins of these festivals go back, you know, um, <clears throat> a couple of thousand years before Christ. And Easter comes from uh, well, it, it begins with uh, Nimrod, who founds mm. the first. Um, globalist empire in the world after the flood and establishes a religion in opposition to God, associates himself with the sun after he is killed because he was an incredibly evil person. Mm. Um, his wife, um, Ishtar, takes the throne and claims that Nimrod has ascended to the sun and continues to rule from the sun. Mm. Having taken the throne, uh, she then has a son, has a child, out of wedlock because, you know, Nimrod's obviously dead and claims that the father of the child is the sun god, Mm. Nimrod. Um, And therefore she proclaims herself as the queen of heaven and the mother of God. That's where those titles originate from. Her son, she names him Tammuz. He's killed in in a hunting accident by a wild pig. And as a result of that, she mourns for 40 days. Her mourning comes to an end when her annual festival comes around. Mm. Um, And by the way, Tammuz was born on December 25. 
But the annual festival of Ishtar, which followed the fertility rites of the uh, ancient pagans, followed the cycle of the moon. Mm. And so she fasted and mourned for that 40-day period. And then, of course, you know, the uh, um, her festival comes, she's she got to break that. And so you have um, Ishtar's or, or Easter festival, which is mm. associated with symbols like eggs and rabbits. You know, these are fertility symbols and so forth. And uh, that's where Lent comes from. The Bible speaks about people practicing Lent back in the Old Testament long before the time of Christ. Wow. As a pagan practice. You mm. know, the women weeping for Tammuz um, and so forth. That's uh, in Ezekiel 8 and 9. You'll find that story. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Lent coming up. And if you want to use it as an opportunity to detox from something, then I think that's fantastic. Um, I don't know that it has any... Um, Christian heritage in particular at all. Mm. But uh, if you've got some thoughts on that, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is our number. But uh, very quickly, before we are out of time, the United Methodist Church just voted not to ordain uh, LGBT plus Ooh. clergy. Yep. Um, with a very, very narrow vote of uh, 53% um, against and uh, a minority of conservative evangelical Christians and Russians and um, Africans who uh, influenced the vote, which shows a trend that is existing in many churches, including our church, where uh, Christianity is taking over the developing world, Mm. and the developing world is now controlling the practice of Christianity in the Western world. Wow, that's interesting. So, yeah, that's the world in which we live. It's a changing place. Anyway, going to move on. This is Anna Beden with Wool Over Your Eyes. I like that you've got the wool over your eyes Cause it suits me fine to know that you don't even realize I like the way that you don't question anything And I love the way that you go along with everything in your heart. 
Listen to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia and joining me in the studio this morning is Blake Penland. Blake, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks Lyle. How are you? Good. Now you've been on the show, what, once or twice before? Yeah, I've been here a couple times. I love this place. <laughs> and uh, of course you've shared your story with us. A really dramatic story of what God has done in your life, um, you know, since your childhood all the way through to where you are and what you are doing now. But you are pastoring the church in Raymond Terrace. We have mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's. Um, uh, but you've got some. You've, you, you've you've got some big things happening there in Raymond Terrace. And what what I wanted to go do is talk about you know the journey that you've had over the last couple of years. Mm. So when you first came to Raymond Terrace. Was there an Adventist church there at all? Yeah, well, there actually was. Um, it's an interesting story. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it on Faith FM. I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> if anyone gets mad at me, just forgive me. So Yeah, okay. Our number is one 843 <laughs> And uh, you call that number, and I'll give you Blake's number. <laughs> we'll just pass it on. Um, I, so basically, uh, the evangelism director for our conference, his name is Matt Para. he calls me up, and we, my wife and I were doing uh, an evangelism series up north in in the conference and we were driving back down but you're not church pastors are no 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 we i was so i was 
basically, well, I, at the time I was a primary school teacher, but I had been all sorts of things. Um, and then my including, including a homeless bum. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I would <laughs> say I would say years. residentially challenged individual. But yeah, everyone's different. But yeah, that's part of your that's part of your life journey and your life story. Yeah, and a valuable part of it, really, for what God's using you for now. No, for sure. And and you know nothing is uh, nothing. In, in your life um, is a failure. It's just a learning opportunity. And That's I learned great. that I really like living in house. So, <laughs> um, so my wife and I, we, we go around, we, we share our music. Um, she's actually on, you guys play her sometimes yeah, on the radio. Malvinus, she's on here on, on Faith FM all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, uh, we, we had a concert and we were doing an evangelism thing, encouraging people to pray and read the Bible. And that's just, we were doing that on the, on the weekends, basically sure. volunteering and, and sharing at churches. We're driving back. Matt calls me and he says, hey, Blake, I have this idea for you. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. And he's like, I want you to do a repotting for the church. And my, my response was, Matt, I don't smoke that anymore. <laughs> and he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, look, Matt, you know, I, I've, I've quit smoking marijuana. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing drugs anymore. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to the Lord. And he's like, I know. That's why I'm talking to you. What is wrong with you? And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, no, we want you to. It's like church planting, but we want you to repot the plant, put it in a different pot and move it somewhere else and, and change it all up. And I was like, oh, Oh, okay. That's a that's a very different very different kind of pot. Yeah, it's like that's a very different kind of uh, repotting. So I was like, okay, um, what does that look like? Um, where do we? How do we do that? And he basically broke it down for me and said, "There's a church that has been Raymond Terrace. They're a lovely church, um, but things are just not working." the the way that they they should in a healthy capacity and the church had decided and the conference had decided to basically put the put the church to rest um, and then to replant it or repot it into in a different way in a different area and so we I was like, man, I don't know. That's I'm, that's not really my job. Like, I don't really know how to do that. And he's like, ah, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> and then, um, great assurance. Yeah, right thanks, Matt. Um, we and then we came. Like we went home, my wife and I, we talked about it and, and Matt was very convincing. And we, I just said, look, I need some time to pray about this. We actually ended up praying about it for three months. Cause I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I was like, if I do this, it, it changes everything. It changes where we live. It changes what I do for a living. It changes, um, where you're going to work. I was talking to my wife. Like, I, I mean, this changes everything. This is not a little, and it's not, and we don't do this for three months and then we're done. Like this is a life changer. So let's really pray about it. So we actually prayed about it for three months. Um, and I went on, I went on a board meeting um, in El Salvador, out on the waves. Uh, I was having a board meeting, um, <laughs> and it's on, my, on my board. El Salvador. Okay, so you explain. <laughs> yeah, El Salvador. El Salvador is uh, a country in the Central America yes. region, and I went there with my cousin. Okay. And and I went there to get away from everything, to clear my head, and it was just me, my cousin, and another mate of ours. Yep. And we said, and I was just like, Lord. Um, do you want me to plant churches? Mm-hmm. Is this something that you want me and to do? And a board meeting involves a surfboard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, yeah. very official. But we keep a board meeting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we're out there and I'm praying to the Lord and I'm, I'm talking to my cousins and my friend and, and just... I came to the conclusion I, I felt like God was calling me to do this. So when I got back to the States and I, I flew back to Australia, um, I was visiting family. And then when I flew back to Australia, I called Matt up and I said, 
I'm in. Let's do this. And that was when the journey began. We went, and I, I went to the Raymond Terrace Church, and then the very next week, we closed it down. And I uh, love those people. Uh, some of them actually still come to the new church plant, but we closed it down for basically 10 months, essentially. We, we, we closed it down for three months where there was nothing. And then we started meeting in someone's house, and then we started to develop a core leadership team. We started meeting in another person's house, and we kept growing. started meeting in the senior citizens hall, and then we grew a little bit more, and then we started meeting in the scout hall, and we grew a little more. And we were only meeting once a month, then once a fortnight, uh, which is once every two weeks for our American listeners that don't know what a fortnight yeah, is. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So I want to be tolerant of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've learned to speak the language well here in Australia. Yeah, mate. <laughs> and uh, we then in August 2017, so this all started in August 2016, this process. August 2017 was the first week that we started meeting weekly as a church every weekend from sabbath to sabbath and so then uh, then we moved into the salvation army church so shout out salvation army i love those guys yeah the um the existing church that was there that's being reported that was meeting in a uniting church that's right so the uniting church we were renting from the uniting church and then we we just moved out of that facility it didn't really cater to the needs of the demographic that we had and um great and we really appreciate them as well and and there's such a um, uh, a community of faith in Raymond Terrace, and they're very supportive. Uh, there's there's different pastors in the area from Madawi and Raymond Terrace. I just have nothing but respect for them, and they're just wonderful people. And so, um, we started meeting in the Salvation Army Church 2017, and then that was every week, and we just started growing and growing and growing. So we went from eight to 12 people to, uh, you know, last week we had 48 people. And I think we're, we're kind of averaging around, sometimes we have 60 plus people and then sometimes we have just around 40. So kind of around that 50 mark when your host, your co-host Lawson, when he preaches, yes, that he's, that he, we have the record for the highest because so Lawson is one of our so, Bible so wait, workers. So wait a minute, your student, your student. Yeah, right? he's become the master. He's, he is he is overtaking. <laughs> oh, fully. Yeah, when he preaches, it's it's brilliant, and people come. And so we had over sixty plus people when he was preaching. So I'm, I put him on the roster a couple more times to yeah, just bring the people in. The people in. <laughs> Let the people give the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> and after after uh, after they uh, they think they're going to get Lawson every week, then then, then I'll sneak. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. You'll sneak <laughs> in and start preaching some sermons yeah. as well. No, no, no. Blake does a great job, and, and, and so does Lawson. That's a great team that they have happening over there, and, and praise God for what's taking place. Recently, you did a uh, an NCD score on your church? Yeah, so for those who don't know what an NCD is, it's the Natural Church Development, and it's a, it's a survey that churches of all like, denominations... Yeah, all denominations, yeah, denominations. I, I think there's 70,000 churches that have participated worldwide, so sure. of all multi-denominations. Multi and yeah, the Lord has really blessed. We've We've grown as a church. Um, a year ago, we had a, a sixty-nine point five score, and which, it's which, for the record, yeah. is a high score. Yeah, it's In not. NCD, it's not out of a hundred. It's yeah. like if you're. Basically, I think a 55 is like a good score. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like a 55 is a, is a great score. That's right. And then we had this really high score of sixty-nine point five, and we were like, "Wow, this is." this is almost 70 like this is incredible and but there were a couple of things that we needed to work on like we needed to improve our small groups our our sermons our worship service there were things that the survey reveals 
the the health of the church. Yep. And so we picked three things and we said we're going to focus on these things and we're going to make them the best. But the one thing we focused on the most was our life groups or our small groups to develop um, small groups and our prayer meetings are we call them um, uh, share care and prayer time uh, once a week and and we just said we're going to focus on making this an amazing time and then we had our survey again in 2018 this is 12 months later yeah 12 months later and we did it again and we have grown almost probably 40% 35% in numbers in the church um, from around the 30s to now the like almost 50 basically and we got a score of 80 and we were like how is this is possible there, is there any is there any church in australia that has a score of 80 i've never in my in my entire life in ministry ever heard of a score of 80 on ncd yeah i don't know <laughs> that's a question you'll have to ask the ncd experts but i will say um in terms of Understanding what that means because it kind of blew us away. It's basically within the top 2.5% churches of health in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to I iterate and clearly state this is not my doing. Mm-hmm. This is the Holy Spirit pouring out upon Raymond Terrace, upon the people in that community, and drawing people to yeah, a relationship God. with God. God. 100%. Praise God. I'm just, and, I'm and, just and, hanging on for the ride. And it's a part of the whole repotting process because, um, I mean, do you know what the NCD was of the, uh, of the old existing church? Um, I do, but You're not I, gonna mention I don't want to say it. Gonna go <laughs> it wasn't good. Okay, but, but what, it, what, it, what it demonstrates is this, is that sometimes in the life of a church, you need to do radical things. You need to look yeah. at yourself. You need to take a long, hard look at your church, at yourself. NCD is a great way of doing that and analyze and say, okay, we need to do something radical here. And it was certainly very, very radical what you guys did in Raymond Terrace where you've actually like, you know what? We're just going to shut this down. We're going to repot this as a, you know, as, as, as a new church. Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> totally different. Change everything around. Well, and we not only do, so we did, we did, we actually changed everything. So yeah. normally what you will do is you have a Bible study time. So you welcome to church and you have a Bible study time in, in our church. We call it a Sabbath school. Sure. Um, small group Bible study. Yeah. Small group Bible study. Uh, and then we have church, and then sometimes you have a potluck or a luncheon. So we, we actually flip the script. We have um, breakfast every week, which you definitely want to come to that. Um, and then we have... Waffles, right? <laughs> yep, waffles. Uh, uh, Pastor Tom Evans, he's basically, that's his only job. He's like the waffle guy. He's a, he does other stuff, but like I try to encourage him, stick to that. Like He loves he loves making the waffles. He's super good at it. So um, I'll, I'll remind him that like, <laughs> so, next time he gets something to preach, I'm like, yeah, maybe you should be making yeah, waffles. Just make a waffles. <laughs> no, he's, he's a great preacher, actually. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, uh, yeah, so we have the, the breakfast in the morning and then uh, we have church right after so church actually starts at 10 so so come at 9 and then and then we have our breakfast and then 10 a.m. is when we actually have church then after church we have our bible study time and the reason we do that is so when new believers come in they hear something new in the sermon we actually give them an opportunity to do a sermon debrief where they can ask questions about the sermon we still have the uh, adult sabbath school lesson in another class but the sermon debrief is literally a time where you can talk to the preacher talk to a group of believers and get clarity on what the sermon was about. And then afterwards, when we've had that spiritual food, we have 
yummy food for lunch every week as okay, well. Okay, you guys do food <laughs> twice yeah. a day? We book in we book in the food. We have it in the beginning, we have it at the end with some spiritual food in the middle, and you're welcome to be part of all of it. Yeah. Okay, so this is the the, the Acts model of evangelism where they continue daily in the apostles' doctrine. That's and it. Breaking bread <laughs> and prayer. Yeah, I and I always when I when I talk about it with my church, I'm like, and they broke bread <laughs> and and, and it's probably one of my favorite part. Yeah, that's right. Waffles are bread. It's super good. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. That's 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 really exciting to hear about. And uh, now you've got some exciting news. We've been running some ads this, uh, yeah, this right. week on, uh, on on Faith FM. What is happening this Saturday? Yeah, so this, this, this Saturday... This Saturday is the 9th of March. That's right. So this Saturday on the 9th of March is um, the grand opening. So we've been meeting there um, at this new facility, which is 45 William Street. Um, and... We are doing the grand opening. We're welcoming everyone. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'll just whisper it. But everyone who comes gets a free Raymond Terrace Mission Adventist Church t-shirt. So an RTM Church t-shirt. So, but, but okay, keep we, that on the down We button. won't talk about that. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that, right? Uh, Blake, let me tell you this, tell you, let you know on something. There's a, there's this thing that's called radio. Oh. Okay. And now the whole world knows. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Well, anyway, we'll just keep it a secret to our listeners. All right, listeners. Yeah, free t-shirt. Listeners exclusive. Only on the grand opening. It's a limited edition t-shirt. We want you guys to come and be a part of it. Check it out. Fantastic. So you yeah. get a free t-shirt. You get free breakfast. You get free lunch. You get an amazing sermon, uh, awesome Bible study, and whatever else you got. And the most important thing out of all of it, you have an opportunity to have a free gift of salvation from Jesus Christ. That's what we're really offering people at church. Yeah, amen. Praise God. It's all about that freedom. Yeah. Awesome. Blake, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM. Head over there to the Raymond Terrace Mission um, on the 9th of March. Yeah. And uh, for just an amazing experience with God. Right now, we need to continue with the show. After this song, we will have the 8 o'clock news. And then we'll be back with our encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM.
exciting news. You heard it first right here on Faith FM. Pastor Blake, what is happening in Raymond Terrace? Well, our church is having the grand opening of our brand new facility. Awesome. When is it? 9th of March, 2019, and it starts with breakfast at 9 a.m., and there's going to be waffles, and everyone's invited. Whereabouts? 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace, which is just beside Raymond Terrace Marketplace. Be there. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Thank you. 